Welcome to ProctorCast, where we bring you plain English interviews all about the most relevant procurement topics of the day in short, coffee break-sized episodes. Because hey, time's precious and you have got value to deliver. So now let's get straight into this week's show. Yes, welcome to another edition of ProctorCast, where every two weeks we bring you everything that's new interesting and innovative in the procurement space and talk to people all about interesting procurement topics. And this week is no different, but we're actually going to tackle something that you may not have heard of, but I think is going to be more and more important in our ecosystem as time goes on, when innovation and getting ahead of the curve and partnering with knowledgeable functions and organizations outside of our sphere is going to become ever more important. Yes, I'm talking today about collaborations with academic institutions and in the UK specifically this is known as a knowledge transfer partnership or KTP and to talk about this we've actually brought on two gentlemen who can give us a real life example of this so without any further ado I would like to welcome Paul Barker of SaaS-based technology platform Claritum and John Cartledge from the University of Bristol onto ProctorCast. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, James. Hi, Thanks, James. Okay, so just before we jump into this, if you could each just give a very brief introduction of uh, what Claritum is and what your department, John, in the University of Bristol does to set the scene, and then we can jump into a bit more of the detail around this. Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm Paul Barker, so I'm CTO of Claritum, and we're a software as a service, um, cloud-based uh, marketing and promotions ERP platform. We started back in early 2000s, and yeah, I'm CTO of uh, all the technology and everything within the company. Okay, and John. Hi, uh, so I'm John Cartledge. I'm a senior lecturer in financial informatics and data science at the Department of Computer Science in the University of Bristol. Uh, I'm also program director for the new MSc in financial technology with data science. Uh, my research background is in AI and machine learning. I've been doing that for around 20 years. And in particular, I'm interested in applications in the domain of finance, trading and e-commerce. That's great. And he has a much better title than mine. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I'm not even <laughs> going to explore what all of that means, but uh, suffice to say, John's a lot smarter than both of us. Okay, so, <laughs> um, so where does a knowledge transfer protocol fit into the grand scheme of things? And so how would this work that if a company wants to, wants to tap into academia's resources and knowledge around a specific itch that they need to scratch, What's the best way to approach this then from the outset? So within, the, so it may be different in different universities, but certainly within the University of Bristol, we have a department called uh, RED. So that's the Research uh, Enterprise and Development Unit. And that's a specialist team who um, basically look after all of our funding opportunities and partnerships with industry and contracts and that type of thing. So initially, I would say if a company contacted RED, uh, then RED uh, would look at the problem and would then contact academics within the university that have specialist skills and interests in the areas uh, that the company is interested in. And that's exactly what happened with this, um, with this KTP. So Paul uh, contacted the university and then RED got in touch with me. We had a few conversations and 
you know, that's that's how it all began. So is that, Paul, typically would it need to be initiated by uh, by a commercial organization who would then tap into a specific academic institution to look at where they may be able to help or, or how does it usually get off the ground? Well, I can only speak about our our direct experience. I think that there may be a number of different routes into it, but we we were assisted in our approach to the university through a company called um, an organisation called Set Squared, who have affiliations with a number of number of universities up and down the country. Bristol being one of them, so they helped make the introduction, got us in touch with the right team, also helped with a little bit of the uh, the cost involved in putting together the the KTP bid because you have to submit uh we have to we have to frame the the, the problem that we're looking to solve and and what the what the, the the market opportunity is from a solution that arises out of that it has to be uh it has to be of some sort of commercial um some sort of commercial benefit and end goal in yeah. mind um so so they helped enormously in that in that process um constructing that bid working with the right people, working with the, the red team at, uh, at Bristol uh, to structure that bid in a way. There's an awful lot of people submit KTP, um, uh, put in KTP submissions all the time, and a very small percentage actually get picked up and actually get funded by Innovate UK. Um, so it was, it was a painful process, but we, we eventually got there um, with Bristol's help and with Set Squared. Uh, and that was our route and there may be other routes, but that's that's what worked for us. So that was all around ensuring, obviously, the government, if they're giving grants, need to do their due diligence, I guess. So I guess that would explain why the, the process can be quite lengthy and cumbersome to ensure that they're going to get value for money from it in terms of ultimately, you know, they want you to grow and pay taxes. So as it benefits the wider economy. Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, this is ours is a two year project so um it's two-thirds funded by uh, innovate uk one-third funded by claritum um and for that two-thirds that innovate uk are, are putting in they want to make sure that um, there are a number of goals actually for, for for innovate uk's money what what they're looking for is to see something that uh that has real commercial benefit and real commercial success at the end of it but it's also an opportunity for um uh, for that for that money to, to fund the growth of uh, they're known as an associate the KTP associate so this is the the academic who is brought in to um, to actually work on the KTP and and bring the technology together and develop the develop the technology under John and his team's supervision help them grow into to, into a knowledge leader within our organization within Claritum. So they're looking to bring people to elevate these associates to become more commercially aware and, and generally more capable and, and uh, uh, more useful within the organ- within organizations. So there are a number of different things that, that uh, Innovate UK look to get for their money. They're bang for their buck, but they're very, very diligent. We have quarterly meetings and a very strict control on the budget, uh, which John can probably talk more about. And yeah, it's run, it's run very diligently. So it's not just the actual submission itself in the first place that, it, that, that has rigor, extreme rigor around it. It's the ongoing management of the project as well. Okay, that's, that's a really good background, actually, for anyone that's maybe 
scratching their head thinking this could potentially be interesting but how do i go about doing it because i think commercial enterprises in general will be looking to do a lot more of this and uh, and 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 just leverage knowledge that's out there in the marketplace that they may not have themselves and that's not just necessarily with academia but also you know especially the germans are very good at this partnering with startups and and having startup incubators that are spin-offs from from universities and academic institutions so if i turn to you then now john clearly there's a benefit for paul and for claritum to be able to to be able to take your knowledge and your expertise within the university and and put that to commercial use uh, to to develop claritum's product further as an academic institution how does having a real life example from the real world help you in terms of your research and and in what you're doing within your department uh, so i guess really there are probably three benefits so the first thing is exactly as you said you know it's a, it's a chance to get our hands dirty so to speak with a with a real world uh, challenge so particularly for my kind of area actually getting access to uh, commercial data which is obviously sensitive is is by nature you know very hard to do so working with a company we can actually uh, access things we wouldn't be able to otherwise and often you know findings in academia don't map on uh, exactly to the real world so it's only when you actually start to work on commercial problems that you can then see those differences so that excites me and that's you know one of the reasons why i like working on kind of commercially related projects uh, the second thing is obviously grant money itself so uh, so the money from the ktp it's kind of interesting how it works so the so the money goes to the university so i'm actually the holder of the the budget uh, even though the research associate who paul just mentioned so so we hire one full-time research associate for the whole length of the post and even though they sit uh, in Claritum and actually work at Claritum full time, they're actually employed by the university. So that's kind of the flow of the money. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that's part of the, um, as Paul said, the due diligence, The I mean, there obviously has to be a very, you know, uh, due diligence is really important. The government don't want people to just take the money and run off to the sunset. So um, so I think, uh, interestingly, during the process of applying for the bid, uh, as well as looking at um, Clarentum as a business themselves. So can they afford to, um, you know, actually fund the grant? Does it look like there is, you know, profit to be made, you know, returns to be made on the grant money? They were also interested in the relationship between uh, myself and Paul. So we were kind of monitored during the three months or so we were putting the bid together to see our relationship. But I think that was really good because, um, you know, we do have a good relationship and it kind of helped us to, uh, to put the bid together and our working relationship is, you know, very good. Um, so, yeah, so obviously getting that grant money in has been really good and it pays for this associate. So I essentially have um, a postdoc for two years who can work on these avenues of research that I wouldn't have time to do myself. So, so that's good. And the great thing about the KTP funding is because it's Innovate UK, this particular grant money is fully economic costed from the university's perspective. So what that means is the university doesn't have to contribute at all to the grant. Now that's actually quite unusual. So most government grant funding for universities is economic costing around 85%. So university will get a large grant, a large sum of money, but they then have to contribute towards that. And we need to subsidize that by other activities such as teaching and that kind of thing. And particularly over the last year with the COVID pandemic, uh, obviously, you know, universities, like everybody, are watching what they spend. It means we've had to actually turn down some funding bids because 
we can't afford to take them on essentially. So, so the nice thing about the KTP, it doesn't cost the university anything. So, you know, that's great. We get the go ahead. And I suppose the final thing is the, the bigger picture. So I briefly mentioned that um, I'm program director on a new MSc course uh, in financial technology with data science. Uh, and I've been developing this over the last year. We're due to take off first students in September. And this KTP really fits well with my idea for, for the MSc. So, so the whole MSc is designed to be really applied, uh, where we're teaching students uh, the skills that they really need to go straight into the workplace. So there's a recognized skills gap in you know, these areas, such as uh, you know, data science, machine learning, engineering, big data in the cloud, all these kind of things. So I'm putting together lots of contacts with um, different companies so that we can engage with them through the MSc so that uh, companies can uh, co-supervise projects with students. So that way, students get to work on real world problems. The companies get to essentially have kind of extended interviews where you know you have students come in, they work for a couple of months on a problem. If you like them, you can employ them at the end. And, uh, and that kind of co-design of the skills that we're teaching the students is you know, a win-win for both businesses and the students. Um, so the idea is that uh, then these partnerships can maybe grow into, um, into bigger partnerships, such as the one we have with Claritin. So we, we get this kind of really nice cycle where you know, um, one thing grows from another. That's fantastic, actually. And you, you touched on two points there that I'm really passionate about in my just in my career and just from my background. And the, the first one is win-win results. I mean, as a procurement person, as, a, as someone that's trained to negotiate and try and get the best outcome for both buyer and supplier, I see this KTP really as doing that in that both parties get something tangible and beneficial from it at the end. And also, you know, giving students employable skills. You know, I, I I studied I studied languages at university, and yes, I came out being able to speak Spanish and German, but I didn't really have many business or employable skills at the end of it. And I and I do think that's something that our education system in general doesn't really prepare people for very well. So that's really that's really really uh, warming to hear actually that universities are trying to work more on that on giving students the skills that enable them to to go out into the workplace with with the necessary skill set to to be of you know instant economic value to their employers so finally let's go back to you paul just tell us a little bit around what it is that you're actually developing very very briefly and and how and how you believe this will benefit claritum's end customers Okay, so so the problem that we are solving with this is the problem of uh, analyzing historical spend, analyzing spend data. So that's not just the numbers, really. It's it's more about the the exercise that is typically a manual exercise where you've got to wade through hundreds of thousands of rows of spreadsheet data of specifications and product descriptions. If you're going to do a spend analysis exercise, you need to categorize your spend. You need to understand, you need to put into common buckets the, the different products and services that, that, that you've bought or that you've sourced over the, over the period. So where you've got um, uh, buyers involved, buyers are going to be specifying things in different ways. The suppliers, the domain experts will all understand what these, what these different terminologies mean, but different bars will specify it in different ways. So you can't really apply general matching tools to find 
how many of a particular product you bought because they're all specified slightly differently. So when you're doing this analysis exercise to categorize it, you need to do it manually. So you'll generally turn to a, a category expert who will manually go through and categorize all of the specifications. And at the end of that, you can then do a grouping exercise and see how many you've bought of which type of product from which type of supplier. That then leads you on to the, the more interesting discussion, which is, well, you know, who should we buying this type of product from? Are we buying from the right suppliers? Should we find other suppliers? Are we buying the right products? Should we consolidate some of these? So that exercise typically takes days and days um, and you have to go through line by line looking at every single specification and making a judgment so this technology automates that process it's bringing the machine learning to automatically categorize all of those products based on the models that we've built up through the through the ktp and the technology that we've built up through the ktp so it really reduces the end-to-end time that that Claritum needs to be able to to spit out taxonomy to their end customers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Got it. <laughs> As a procurement guy, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it makes 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 a whole lot of sense to me. So ultimately, then, you know, if you if either of you had advice to any any company that's out there that wants to that wants to leverage this type of partnership. To, to help them on a particular problem that they want to solve. I'm thinking now sort of enterprise level corporations that want to collaborate more with, with academia on things like this. Um, what would be maybe one piece of advice from each of you in terms of going about this? John, you want to go first? Um, yeah, I'm happy to. So I guess uh, first point of contact, I would say, um, so we have the Research and Enterprise Development Unit, RED, most universities will offer a similar thing. So I would say that would be the first point of contact with the university. Uh, But the key thing I would say is that um, once you've actually made contact with an academic, actually try to build up a personal relationship because that's important. You want to make sure that there is something in it for both of you and you both uh, have the same vision. Uh, I I think that's key. Yeah, and I think my advice would be make sure that you've got a really clear vision of what you want to achieve and what the commercial benefits will be for it. In our case, we had to, I mean, the KTP, the bid assessors will be looking for something that has real commercial benefit. They'll be looking for almost a business plan, but not too much of a detailed business plan, but just detailed enough. So my other piece of advice was would be if you can find somebody that's done KTPs before, Get as much advice from them as you can in shaping and articulating that vision because it's a very structured form that you need to fill in. And yes, as you get closer, you will get some advice from your regional uh, knowledge transfer network advisor. Um, But really, if you can, you need to shape it. You need to have a really clear vision of what you want to achieve and and, uh, what the outcome is going to be before you start both very sage pieces of advice so gentlemen thank you very much for joining me today i hope that anyone that's listening to this is a little bit wiser after this because i certainly am and and i do think that these types of collaborations are really what the future is going to be about so just before we sign off paul if anyone would like to learn a little bit more about claritum and what it is that you're doing as a platform and some of your latest innovations as a result of this uh, what's the best way that people can get in contact with you 
they can go to the website or they could email me directly, paul.barker at claritum.com. Either of those two would do just fine. Fantastic. And I will link to those in the show notes. So thanks again. Take care. Good luck. And I will be very interested to hear how you've got on at the end of all this. Great. Cheers, James. Okay, I hope that was really, really useful to anyone that's not come across this before. Knowledge transfer partnerships or KTPs, which is what they're called in the UK. But I know that anyone that's listening to this from other countries also have similar platforms as well in terms of fostering collaboration between commercial and academic bodies. Thank you again for listening to Proctorcast. We'll be back at you again in two weeks' time. In the meantime, if you like us, then please don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast player and we appreciate you for listening to us we know that there are other procurement podcasts out there so thank you for inserting us into your earballs today uh, for your walk with the dog or for your lunch break take care speak to you next time and bye for now